Good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing? What's going on? Welcome to the first episode of Merchants of Novigrad, Novigrad a bi-weekly podcast where we discuss everything went. Today with me are my two co-hosts, BJ, aka Hello. Baby Joseph, and Willem. Also, let me introduce you, our very first and special guest, a true Gwent legend, a true meme master, a widely known and appreciated member of the community, Bibaboop. How are you guys doing? What's going on? I'm doing pretty good, doing pretty good. Doing great, doing great. <laughs> okay, guys, a few words for our for our viewers. Um, if you're watching and you have any questions, you can post them in chat. My dear friend BJ is gonna pick a couple of the more interesting ones, and we're gonna answer them at the end of the podcast. Also, if you wanna stay in touch off stream, please follow us on Twitter at Novigrad Podcast. And last but not least, uh, a couple of hours after the live stream, the podcast is going to be uploaded onto YouTube. So if you, if that's a platform you would like to watch uh, the podcast on, just make sure to tap exclamation mark YouTube and follow us there. Okay, guys. So I think uh, we could just go on and start with the first segment, which is called What Have You Been Up To? And I think we could just start with our lovely guest, uh, Bebo. How are you doing? What have you been up to? How is Gwent treating you? Starting with me, oh man! Uh, <laughs> no, I've 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 been. Um, Gwent has been great. Gwent has been great. Uh, last patch obviously was a bit of a rough spot for I think a lot of people, including me. Um, I haven't been playing Gwent very competitively myself lately. Uh, I've been mostly memeing as usual. Um, I've been enjoying a lot of NR and a lot of uh, Detlef, but. That's about it. I'm just memeing and yeah, trying to enjoy it as much as I can. Dead Laugh and NR is what I'm up to. Also, if I'm not mistaken, you've joined our amazing team as of as of recently. What prompted you to make the move? I mean it's TRS. I don't know. Do I need a reason? TRS is awesome, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's actually a very good point. <laughs> I, I don't know how to explain. I got a lot of buddies already in TRS. I got, you know, obviously Flake, Mark Theus, you guys. I got a it's just a good team with a lot of good people, and it it makes it just makes sense, I guess. Yeah, it's it's a perfect <laughs> spot for for iconic creator like you, I think. Yeah, exactly. Okay, maybe Villa, <laughs> Villa, what have you been up to, man? Like you you are the most competitive player of us of us all. So how is Gwent treating you? What have you been doing as of late? I mean, I've just been playing some tournaments, some lot of last season, of course, wasn't much fun. Although I did manage to finish quite high. It's still felt like really <laughs> really boring because he was play against full test and that that's about it i i mean i don't think people even completed four factions i think some people just literally played those two decks because i didn't see them play anything else um yeah might of course be wrong but i feel like it was very repetitive and towards the end i started to you know go insane and i actually took a break for like solid two weeks from the ladder completely yeah, just focused on some tournaments and now that the new season has rolled i actually enjoyed the game again quite much in fact um yeah, yeah. i'm excited to see what kind of uh the people from challenge are gonna also uh, bring an influence how is how it's gonna influence this meta I think the last season left a mark on absolutely everyone. I actually know quite a few content creators and players who said, I'm afraid to play Gwent now because of how bad this last season was. Yeah, yeah it's really bad. <laughs> yeah, but so how about you, BJ? 
Well, yeah, no, well, yeah, I've just been streaming uh, mostly on workday, sometimes in the weekend. And the uh, last season was kind of rough to stream because, you know, the, the meta was just not very healthy and, um, you know, it, it just kind of sucked out uh, all the fun out of you. And, um, well, yeah, aside of that, I've just trying to meme around last season, but uh, not taking the, the season very serious. So that's why I also got kicked out of a uh, pro rank <laughs> uh, because yeah, I, I just didn't bother uh, enough to you know, to try hard. And uh, yeah, so I, this season, finally new patch, really happy about the new patch. And uh, yeah, now I'm back to pro rank and hope to you know stay in pro rank again. Like uh, yeah, speaking season. speaking of your late success, I'm not sure if I should be uh, happy for you or mad at you for making the vampire deck. <laughs> on one yeah. hand on one hand i want to think okay bg is a good friend of mine and he's a fellow trs member we've known each other for ages it's really good for him to get some some sort of recognition but on the other hand that deck is so damn strong <laughs> yeah so originally i was like talking with trinet in the, in the discord and he was like mentioning a danline poet with naglafar and i was like okay let's try that with like that laugh and, how, and people were saying, okay, but that of Vampires alone is not strong enough to, to compete with other decks. So then we were talking about maybe, oh, maybe with Tribe and like with Big Boys. And then I just put some cards together and it eventually it, it ended up doing really well, doing really well for me. Yeah. Personally, I'm, I'm as always on the less competitive side of Gwent. I'm trying to meme this season. Uh, last season, I, I actually had a really good run with my Shomar deck. And I'm not, and I'm sure, I'm not sure, guys, uh, if you are aware, but I'm a huge fan of Shomar. It's it's one of my favorite cards. It's actually my second favorite card after Lethal Kingslayer. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> I, uh, yesterday I was playing a lot of Assimilate, and I was like, okay, this is the patch where you can finally play engines. And I played a lot of Assimilate, and it didn't go well. <laughs> yeah, Assimilate is not in a very good spot at the moment. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. So yeah, that's basically yeah. what I've been up to. And I'm just trying to be more and more active as as a TRS member. So um, right now I'm writing weekly articles. It's it's basically like a natural process for me because I, I started with weekly videos that basically recap my stream. And, and then I was asked to just write a piece uh, where I explain the decks I'm playing and, and, and you know, a couple of games to just give uh, uh, the, the readers, uh, the mm -hmm. viewers, a, a little more yeah. insight of what I've been doing uh, the past week. And of course, this podcast, it's, 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 it's my baby now. <laughs> and yes. to be honest, we, I, I feel like I have to give credit where it's due. I, I didn't initially come up with the idea on my own. It was suggested by Dennis. He said, you know, you have a lot, of, a lot to say during your stream. Maybe you should do a podcast. Oh, and cool. and then I remember remember that BJ and Villa are doing are doing a co-op every Saturday. So I, I I thought you know what let's let's invite those guys to be the co-host co-hosts. And and then obviously we we you know I started working on the visuals and 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 probably just asking everyone okay how do I even do it? And and then you know I saw okay Bebo is is a very widely known player like everyone knows him everyone likes him so he'll be an amazing first guest. And that's how we got here. But moving on to the next subject, and the first proper subject of the podcast, patch 3.2. What are your guys' experiences, and how how do you like this patch? And again, let's start with Debo. Again, me? Oh, gosh. <laughs> you are the guest. You are in the spotlight. It's all about you now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. 3.2, uh, 3.2. Oh, man. Well... 
I'll start with saying last season, I literally played seasonal the whole season. That's that's how bad it was for me. So I I, I played seasonal mode and seasonal arena the whole season because I just couldn't play. I literally couldn't play. Um, like in the past couple seasons, like the the one before that, I was in I was on vacation in like Thailand and Laos and stuff, and I didn't play competitive. And then yeah, I didn't play competitive last season, so I was down at like rank fifteen. And um, so this season. The the change the changes they made like I don't want to go into too much detail right now I guess about everything I want to give other people a chance but in general the changes that have been made have pretty much convinced me to actually play Gwent again and actually try and so like in the past three or four days I think I've went from rank fifteen to rank five and well next week well I'm gonna next week I'll finally go back into pro ladder I'll I actually have motivation in other words like this season is just motivating me to actually play and try again I don't know it's yeah. Everything they've done is is great. Of course, there's still, we still have like you know Hyperthin and some of those decks that are a bit annoying to play against all the NG, but in general, you know, did you did you just offend the best faction? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep my opinion for for uh, for later. Uh, let's let's go with BJ. BJ, how do you like the patch? Well. It's a lot better than last season. Um, you know, everyone knows about last season. We already mentioned it a couple of times. Yeah, it's like beating season. a dead horse now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. So let's 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 talk about the current patch. I think the current patch is very, very. Uh, uh, it has a lot of variations. Like you have a lot of uh, factions that are being played on the ladder, and um, especially Scored Hell is seeing a lot of play. Monsters is seeing a lot of play. Northern Realms is seeing a lot of play, and and G and since yesterday or maybe the day before yesterday syndicate is seeing some more play since they uh they fixed the the, the coin bug so um yeah <laughs> i think uh yeah all, all the factions are being played uh, as of recent uh, in this patch so yeah oh. um yeah that's that's really nice yeah so to, to continue with the idea of just general opinions on the patch villa you are a competitive player you're seeing the weirdest and the strongest decks on the ladder. So, what's your take on on patch three point two? I actually like it. There's a lot of variation decks that I don't. I don't think I've played against uh, the same deck more than like a couple of times in a row, honestly. And that's uh, that's something new because previous seasons it's always been play against the best deck and try to beat it somehow. Um, so yeah, I actually quite enjoy it. This means new strategies are of course possible, uh, you know, on ladder in general. And yeah, we're actually playing a bit of Poison Syndicate, and it's actually working out very uh, fairly well. Of course, there's the Francesca is of course like very strong. Yeah, um, <laughs> you don't really beat that, but then th there's always gonna be that one strong deck that people complain about. So I'm not gonna complain about it. Um, uh, yeah, honestly, it feels pretty balanced. I, I think I like it. Some cards might be a bit overtuned still, but, you know, I think I think they maybe hit Syndicate a bit too hard with the nerves, um, but then again, it's kind of like, yeah, I, I, I think it's fine, but I would have liked to see Bounty be a bit more stronger because basically now means that you have to play at least in my opinion, you have to play Horse on Junior to get Bounty value as a leader. And other than that, Bounty kind of blows. I don't feel like that. 
I think bounty is still strong. It's still okay. It's like it's balanced. Like you can kill a unit, then you can put another bounty on it, and you can kill it again. But you can just not put multiple bounties at the same time. So that you can still like kill a lot of units uh, by playing the bounty package. See, but that, that's why I think it's problematic because then if you want to do that, you consistently have to have a coin uh, spender stay on board to kill yeah, off the yeah, bounty. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. So, and that's and that's problematic with all the idols and whatnot going around. Um, so yeah, like that's why I kind of said Horson because Horson gives you the ability to on this trade off um, yeah. as a leader. Yeah, but personally, I think that we somewhat moved from Bounty being the must include package in every syndicate deck to being one of the possible archetypes. So as you, as you just said, now you need a proper engine because let, let let's be honest, a witch hunter executioner. Or, or, or you all were not engines. You just placed them yeah. on the board and you basically wiped everything else of the face of the earth. That's not an engine. That's, yeah, it's that, not that, an engine. That's, that's more yeah. like... I'm not sure, guys, if, if you guys remember. Do you guys remember the broken uh, Imperial Enforcers from Beta? Where you could just yeah. play all the spies and then play... Oh, yeah, yeah. They are afterwards like that. just yeah, yeah, pew, yeah, pew, yeah, pew, yeah. everything. That's basically the same. It was basically the same. And, and people... People were right to complain about that. I understand that this is what made the faction really strong, but now the cards like Executioner, uh, Yule are are actual engines, and you know now there's also other vi. I've, I've, I think there's always been other viable ways to to make um, Syndicate fun and playable. It's just people didn't didn't choose uh, for these options because well, why would you play something else if you have the the the, the strongest. Uh, uh, archetype in bounty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that now that you know, okay, Syndicate is back because uh, the coin bug has been fixed. Uh, mm-hmm. Bounty has been nerfed. I think that in a couple of days, probably after the tournament, we'll see a lot of viable Syndicate decks revolving yeah. around the various archetypes, not just bounty. Yeah, I think so too. And the people already started playing DJ again. Like apparently, DJ is still a good leader, and they are people have also been playing Gudrun with uh, Bincy, of course. So, well, and what? How how long has Syndicate really actually been out? You know, one season and a two, there's... two seasons and a week. Has it been two? Oh my god! Yeah, I because they first release, released it, <laughs> and then we had the last patch when they added yeah. DJ, and now we have the current patch. All right, right, right. yeah, I remember so I think there's, Yeah, there's still a lot of time for you know new decks to be come up with and everything. I don't think Bounty will be the only thing we see from Syndicate. So. I think it's a bit early to judge harshly like that. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, th- that's th- that's what I'm trying to say. I think bounty is still mm. viable, but now it's just an engine archetype. Mm. And there is also a lot of good cards in Syndicate. You can build you, you can build different archetypes, different decks. Yeah, you, you don't can... have to play bounty because that's the most efficient way of, of playing the faction. Yeah, you can build a shoop deck and syndicate quite uh, easy. Here we go. Here we go. I mean, would you shoop? Like, <laughs> honestly, why would like? I can see the fun you're having with shoop and stuff, but honestly, I feel like syndicate decks kind of rely on you not having one-offs. I, that's what I've experienced thus far. You know. Yeah, obviously, it's, it's better to build like shoop in this in the syndicate. But... Yeah. Like, like when you already play play a syndicate shoop deck that means you're already cutting out the most value neutral cards because syndicate doesn't really care about neutral cards Um, and that's already problematic a bit especially when building a shoop deck 
So the, the one problem I have with Syndicate, and it kind of transferred onto this patch as well, is all the leaders look kind of the same. Or maybe not all, but if you look at Gudrun, if you look at DJ, King of Beggars, they are very, very similar. I think the only leader that is way different compared to the others is Hemelfart. like uh, Warson and Hemelfart. Yeah, Horson and Hemelfart, yeah. Yeah, I mean Cleaver's pretty unique too. Um, yeah, so. I forgot about him. <laughs> have, you, have you ever have you ever queued against Cleaver? <laughs> um, first time when Syndicate came out, yeah. Yeah, yeah like the first couple of days when people were like, "Okay, this this new leader, he looks fancy. Let's play him." Okay, let's not play him anymore. I played a really bad Cleaver Scorch deck. That was pretty. Uh, oh, yeah. oh yeah, I played that shit too. That was so much fun. <laughs> but that, that was, was so bad. It, it was fun, but it was so bad. Yeah, Jesus exactly. Christ. Yeah, this is how you activate Villa. <laughs> <laughs> but Villa, you were also uh, t saying that like some some cards feel over tuned. Wh which cards do you, were you talking? About? Uh, I was mainly talking about cards like all of the first. Uh, that shit's like. Royal decree on on roids, and I think right, boosting, yeah. yeah. Mm. But boosting by one, I think, is acceptable. Boosting by two, it's kind of like the same with four. Last list, I think they should do the boost dude on the yeah, one. Yeah, that makes sense. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. But boost by one, I can, I can see that. I can see that. On one hand, I understand why they made uh, these kind of tutors stronger than than Royal D. Because Royalty is a neutral. Yeah, and, yeah of course. It's like, yeah. And the goals. idea is to, to play cards from your own faction. Like, we, we already had a neutral meta when Homecoming first came out, and nobody liked it. Uh, so, I, on one hand, I understand it, but then you have a couple of cards that just make things so strong. Though, if you look at... Uh, what was the card called? Um, <coughs> uh, call... Of yeah, that's that, that's the one. Call of the forest. I mean, faction, yeah, we were faction yeah. specific cards are what usually one to two or three value higher than neutral cards, yeah. aren't they? And you can see that but here call, because yeah, yeah, insane. Yeah, it's it's ten ten provisions same as uh, Royal D, but it boosts by two. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I kind of want to talk about is when we first saw the patch notes, everyone was like, "Oh my God, Shiro is gonna be everywhere." Yeah, and I haven't but seen the cards. In 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 the first week of the patch, I tried. I can sure PTSD deck, but nah, it did not work out when I was uh, testing it against the villa, and I decided to not play it on the ladder as well. And I've been playing uh, my deadlift deck instead, and I've been just beating uh, I can sure decks on the rank ladder. So yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, I think I think it could be strong against Novgar because Novgar has a lot of five power yeah. units. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, but. That's kind of the only. Yeah, but you have to remember that the but on the other hand, many of those units were, for example, the Witchers that nobody's playing anymore. Yeah, I mean, I still have seen some people play the Witch Trio, but it's yeah, kind of bad. Speaking now. of which, guys, speaking of which, Serrit nerf. What do we think? Uh, unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, they they did the same. Uh... They did the same nerf with Dona, right? They they just want to nerf down control, like damage, to make sure some of the edges will be able to stay alive. But I, I'm always a huge fan of control, uh, so I'm kind of kind of sad about it. Yeah, yeah. I th I think that also unnecessary. But I think if they wanted to nerf him, I believe nerfing maybe his power level by one would have been, in my opinion. 
but I don't know. Two damage just doesn't seem like enough. <laughs> yeah, because on one hand, I understand their, their motives here. They they don't want to see a lot of removal bound to a body. But on the other hand, control is is the theme of Novgaard. So if you strip yeah. Novgaard of control, the faction has absolutely nothing left. Exactly. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Play a similar? <laughs> we, we've already seen how it works. <laughs> and I'm not the only one who tries it. Uh, I know that Trinet, try, uh, Trinet tried <laughs> to play Syndicate a couple of patches ago, and Ace of Plays is doing that this patch. And I'm not sure how their adventures have been going, but my, my experience is pretty bad, because it just requires you to uh, play four, maybe even five cards to basically set up uh, your win con. And in that time, all those cards are going to be either locked or removed. Wait, uh, Discord froze? Uh, what? I th it's, it's going my my end. I see Villa moving, actually. Yeah, me too. Let, let's see. Um, Villa, stop shitting on our <laughs> podcast. Everything is going fine. <laughs> jibated. Jibated. Absolutely jibated by Villa. <laughs> Yeah, so when it comes to Assimilate, like the only card from the Assimilate package that is being played is Artorius, and mostly because people just play him too thin. It's, it's one thing that I don't yeah. really understand yeah. is, I don't think that it was intentional. I think that Artorius playing in Para Brigades is essentially accidental synergy. Because we got the, 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 uh, the tactic package, right? Yeah, I think they tried it. And they somehow <laughs> forgot about Artorius. Yeah, I think they, they tried to buff Assimilate, but instead they buffed Tactic. Yeah, but how do you fix him? Like, I think I think one way to fix Artorius, because... I'm not sure if you guys agree. Artorius should not be able to, to thin in Paradise. No, I, I, think, I think it should, should be able to... Like it, like since all the, since since the release of Hong Kong, we have been missing a lot of tutor cards, right? Where they kind of get rid of all the tutor cards, and there are some tutor cards, but they're like really trash. So I'm like actually happy that there is like a, a tutor card like Figo that can you know thin your deck. Like thinning is very important since they also nerfed the, the Witchers, the Silver Witchers. To to yeah, make I your deck consistent, you need thinning, and that's why I don't I don't have anything against. Uh, Figo yeah. being able Personally, to I to, just uh, think that he should be more of an assimilate card than a thinning card. Like, I mean, you would... have to build your deck specifically for him to work. Like to make it consistent, you have to have only what three bronze. You... Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but exactly. if you are playing tactics, you just play assassinate, assassination, joust, and diplomacy, and, he and creates, you're done. Yeah, diplomacy, and you're, you're done, done, and just you know three random units. Basically, scorpions in brigades and and sergeants. Yeah, sergeants. Yeah, not break your portal. I've always been a huge fan of tutors, so I gotta be on the side where I, I like it. I like. I like tutoring as well, but I don't like just tutoring being completely accidental, because he works better as a tutor than as, as an assimilate card. Yeah, but so if you're gonna nerf it, you nerf the assimilate tag, right? No, if if I was to nerf, I would basically. Uh, uh, I would keep tutoring for maybe a new card, and I would, uh, I would make Artorius being played on range, like deploy, ranged, play, you know, create and play one power copy on the same row. Period. You cannot, you cannot thin anymore. 
you can play assimilate with him, yet you cannot uh, you cannot thin anymore. And if you want more tutors, then yeah, probably we should just get more cards to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see some logic in that because then you, then the maybe the assimilate the archetype will be stronger if it just creates. Uh, and yeah, and, and he should be buffed actually. Like, unit. You should you should prevent him from thinning. Okay, thinning should be there, but just add a new card that does it. And make Artorius a proper assimilate card. So maybe not a one power copy, maybe just a copy, or maybe a two or three power copy. Because if it's a one power copy, then it's basically uh, four points for eight provisions, and then they have to stick to to um, to get the engine value, which is very unlikely in in this meta. Mm -hmm. So he should yeah. he should be either be cheaper or, or or stronger as an assimilate card. And right now you cannot do it because if you make him stronger, like if you give him one more power, or if you, uh, if you make the copy stronger, then yeah, you automatically make hyper hyper thing stronger. How would you feel about how, how would you how would you feel about um like giving the Imber Brigades a restriction? Like you can only summon one of the copies if you pull it with Artorius from deck. Maybe just like a series. Okay. I don't know. I feel like it'd be too specific, right? Yeah. Uh, I kind of like the card, though. I, I don't want it to get there. But if you're... Then maybe make it similar like Ceres or Roche, Merciless. And give it more proficient. Yeah, but here's the problem. If if it was only Summon, then it wouldn't work with Assimilate. Like, you wouldn't get a tick on Assimilate and Artorius. Because you have to yeah. play the card. Yeah, th yeah that's true. That's so cool. I think that by just giving him a row restriction, just you know, range, play, create and play on the same row, you basically exclude him from the cards that can play in hyperthin and make him uh, more of an assembly card, and then you just buff him, you know, a couple of points here or there, just make yeah, him maybe stronger. make him four points. Yeah. Guys, and what do you think about leaders being very very specific? So you have to play the faction card. I like and that, I like that. I think it was first introduced uh, in Novgaard a couple of patches ago, when Amir got changed to only replay Novgaard cards. Yeah. And now yeah. we have Francesca, Kalant is only an R. I mean, I think it's a good direction. Like The, the one thing be, that bugs know. me about that, the one thing that bugs me about that is it makes Arena a little less fun. Okay, okay. Oh yeah, that's actually very true. <laughs> it's kind of sad for Arena. That that's all. Yeah. But I think it's <laughs> it's 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 good for like pro rank and like ranks. Like of it course. Makes most yeah. more, it's also more lower friendly, I suppose. To play a card from your own faction and not a not a you know neutral card. But I think yeah, for, for Arena it definitely is it definitely screws uh, your game plan. For the five percent of us, yeah, it's bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I haven't, I haven't played Arena since since Beta, I think. Just wow. not a huge fan of the mode. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I like the change, and yeah, it, it actually opens up more. Uh, it gives I, us I more space to experiment with. At the end of last season. Uh, what did you say, Villa? Villa. Can you repeat? Villa. Is this Discord still frozen? Actually played Arena. 
at the end of last season. Okay. And how did you like it? <clears throat> Villa, you are on the podcast. Stop browsing shit. <laughs> oh, he's like, okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. But I, what I wanted to say is that <laughs> when, when Fran was also replaying neutrals, People were just fixed on one option, like uh, like Ragnarok, and they just completely discarded the idea that there's so many Squiatel specials. And now that they are forced to play Squiatel specials, it gives us a lot of new new decks. Okay, Villa is asking how delayed he is, and it seems like he's <laughs> delayed three years, forty five days, and, and four hours. <laughs> <laughs> He's missing. Villa is missing. <laughs> okay, may, may, maybe we should not show attractive woman on on the stream. <laughs> let's move. Let's, let's move to Kalanth because she's she's also restricted, right? But she's been restricted yeah. for a while now. Yeah. And speaking of Kalanth, how do you guys like hyperthink Kalanth? I absolutely hate playing against it. <laughs> uh, that's I've fair. never that's seen it. You definitely? So basically what they do is uh, they play Portal, they play Caretaker, and they play... Oh, Rose, right? they, 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 oh Yeah, yeah, man. they don't play um, Ablock, right, to replay Portal. I mean, maybe some people do, but I don't think that's the... That's in most two of portals, the decks. Seems like, yeah, two, yeah. two portals, and you tend, like, uh, you tend to zero with the deck. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so basically the idea is what, what, what Pidgey just said. You play Portal, you play Portal Round 2. They they often smork. It's 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 yeah, a perfect yeah, yeah. TO deck. And then you play uh, Vernon Roach. And, you know, you, you ping him with, uh, for example, Arbalest. And then you play uh, Handgate Sword. And you play Roach again. Yeah, the problem is um... if, he, if, if Villa leaves right now, then it will completely ruin the podcast. Because... His cam will just like the camps will just move all over the place. Oh, God. okay, okay. Okay, let, let, let's test it. I know it's it's probably annoying for our viewers, but let's test it. Vila, how are you doing? And now we're gonna see on, how the idea is. <laughs> I mean, it'll take him two minutes to hear us, but yeah. How how, de how delayed am I? You know. Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Wow! Okay, it's only it's only a couple I of seconds. I the toilet in between, man. <laughs> yeah, there should be, there should be like I know, uh, like when, you know when you when you call a company and they they put you on hold. There's like some nice music. We should have it here, just in case you know Villa is delayed. So I ask a question, or you guys ask a question, then we play the music, and then Villa says, "Okay, I hear you." <laughs> but yeah, um, about the Kalanta there. I think it was originally made to 2 0 DJ in last season because it was relatively easy to uh, 2 0 DJ, but now people are still playing it. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a strong deck, and even if you are playing Ardo, which is just full on control, you have a hard time getting rid of all the engines. And Ardo lacks tempo. Yeah. I mean, Ardo has tempo round one with uh, the Figo. I mean, usually you don't want to play Portal round one. They can if they want to. But yeah, that's a lot of tempo as well. But they lack tempo, like 
Yeah, because it all comes down to Portal, I think. The fact that it's yeah. an artifact that you cannot do anything about. Yeah, you, you basically summon two... Oh, what is it? Summon? Yeah, summon two, uh, two engines. Or, uh, yeah, you summon two engines, and usually you can get one engine, and then the other one sticks, and then they play another engine, for example, and then they always have the advantage so, with having multiple engines. Except if you play like a wall, for example, you have the coins, you can kill both of them. It's basically only Syndicate. I think only Syndicate killed two engines in, 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 with one card in, in one turn. Yeah. I mean, you could technically do it the way I did it yesterday. So you play Operator to copy your engine, and then you play Ardo to, snap, to snatch it. But then you have to play your leader as well. And, you know, that's yeah. why I think P Porto is an amazing card, but it's also a very problematic card. Because normally if you play an artifact, it's a high-risk, high-reward play. Because you never know if your opponent is going to have a counter. But you cannot counter Porto. Like, there is nothing you can do about it. You, your opponent just plays it. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I don't... I wouldn't like to over-nerf it. Because I really like the design, but if you give it order, maybe is, order is, is it gonna Ooh. be is it gonna yeah, be I too mean, strong? You can react to it then. Artifact, artifact removal makes sense in that case. I mean, maybe maybe that could be. Uh, yeah, because I I word. like I like the ability. You know, it, okay, you are thinning, but yeah. right now it's basically the new Witcher trio. It's Lower provision cost, right? Because you get. Normally, oh, you mean the silver witchers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, normally, normally you get eight points for twenty provisions, and you have two engines, so you're always gonna get some ticks because it's very hard to remove two engines at once. Because Trident says, uh, just think of it as a spell, making it just make it super binary. Yeah, that's, that's how I think of it too. I don't even think of it as an artifact, to be honest. To me, it's just a nice tutor. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I really like Portal. Yeah, I like I Portal. Some, but I, some I, people are complaining because there are so many four proficient cards that yeah. with four base power that you can play now. Yeah. I mean, nobody. Apparently, anyone was playing Portal before. Like sometimes you saw it in some decks. Yeah, but like, Portal was, was also high provision cost, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, okay, it was a little bit. High, I think thirteen. Yeah, but so that's sure, that, that's one less provision on Porto plus on yeah. average two less provisions. Plus, the there were no four provision bronzes that were yeah. that strong to play Porto with. You had a, a couple decks. There was that one period with, where, where there was like Aradin Portal with like Necker Warriors, but yeah. like not every faction was able to play Portal. But now, now every faction Portal if they want to. To be honest, I think most decks are actually playing Porto right now, unless they have a better option to thin. Yeah, for yeah. example, un unless you could play, for example, Waters, then you don't really need Porto. Yeah, and I think partially the reason why you see Hybrid in and G Hybrid is because of... So it's not really thinning, but it, the, the, the effect is absolutely the same. You get two engines as for 11 provisions. So it's cheaper than Porto, it cannot break. Yeah. And it can be replayed yeah, exactly. with Fran. Yeah. Basically what makes front what it is. But okay, we, we gotta talk about front a little bit more uh, in a moment. But speaking of Porto, the ultimate machine gun of Gwent. 
What do you think about this interaction? Vran and Porto. Well, it's uh, quite strong if they stick on the board. Um, for example, if you have Kaltulus on your side of the board and you destroy like uh, your drone, they could they just go ham, right? They, they're just like machine gun, unstoppable machine gun. It's quite hard to deal with uh, if you don't have the removal. Yeah, like two two fronts at the same time, yeah. because you know one, once again people people say okay it's an engine, but you can consume multiple units in the same turn, right? It's not really like you can set everything up, then play run, then consume. It's not like you have to open with run to get the value over time, because if you look at nor if you look at normal engines, you just get you know a little bit of value every single turn because you have to play a card of the same type or you know card with orders there there is some sort of condition but run you just set everything up you play run and if it doesn't get removed in the same turn your opponent is going to consume multiple units and then it's a gazillion points yeah and i think i love i love stuff like that i don't know i i love crazy combos like that so i can't really complain about it yeah I mean, I don't complain about it as well. <laughs> it it can be devastating for you or the opponent. Yeah, one thing that's bothering me is why is Villa muted? Is Villa talking? I don't know if he's talking. No, he's just sitting here. I I, I think he can hear us, but he's muted. And I would love to hear his opinion. Because... Oh yeah, I can hear you, but it's just that I'm so I'm so fuck I, I'm so fucking delayed, like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could say it's, that you are delayed without the F word. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but you you are only wow. delayed a second or two. It's not really that bad. And I really wanted to hear your opinion on Fran and Porto. Yeah, and... but it, it feels if yeah yeah if it just feels weird if I just jump over you guys. But oh well. No, it's okay. Like, I guess people, I can go. It, we ask a question, you answer, then then we go on after you're done. And you know, you are a competitive player. You probably see more Poro and Poro combos than we do. What do you think about Poro being, you know, this prevalent in Gwent? And what do you think about combos like Vran and Poro? Uh, I mean, honestly, I don't mind uh, Portal being the, the god that is. I think it's actually... Uh, yeah, it's quite a good card that you know allows you to be uh, have you know four provision cards that don't have deploy abilities and makes them actually good. Um, so yeah, honestly, I don't see any problems uh, with set card. Re- actually, really like it. It's it's unique for. Okay, <laughs> our guest said, I, "I've had enough." I thought enough. He went. He, he went on to craft portal. <laughs> Bebo, he left. He's yeah. like, fuck you, I'm out. <laughs> the first guestless podcast. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> nice chair, by the way. I I like the the zebra theme. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's really nice. It's very well thought. Uh... And, and and the plushies in the background. Very very comfy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and of, of yeah. course, the, the Pepe on, on, on the, the right side of his desk. <laughs> it's it's a massive ac- accessory. I, I saw him, I saw... Yeah, he, there he is, there he is. 
Well, uh, Trinet, yeah, Trinet should be on the podcast next, next sometime. Uh, he definitely will be on the podcast. I don't want to spoil things, but Trinet is on the same team as we are, and he is an amazing streamer. So asking him is a very good idea. Except I'll feel just so much dumber with Trinet around because he's just he's a great genius, and I'm just a, <laughs> I'm I'm just a low key yeah. memer. I mean. <laughs> You don't have to be uh, like a like a, the best player in the world or something to cast a podcast, right? Yeah, I, I think you know we the idea is to have a different guest uh, and discuss different aspects of the game. Like right now, we have you know some two guys who are basically memeing all the time, and that's me and Bebo, and we have two guys who are more or less competitive. So I yeah. think that's that's a good balance. Sorry, by the way, my the our clothes dryer was about to go off and it was going to be really loud. I had to run and shut it off really quick. My bad. <laughs> no <Sorry>. worries, man. <laughs> yeah, and I was actually wondering, Bebo, because you, you said that you enjoyed the patch. You said that you uh, ranked up a lot in the, in the couple in the last couple of days. Um, mm. Are you are you playing like more or less competitive now, or you are still trying to meme? Because you said in the beginning that you are still a memer. And how do you think this patch uh, affects this kind of gameplay? <laughs> well, I, I, what I've been doing is I, I have been trying to rank up a bit. Of course, I had fallen, like I said, but um, I've actually been playing. Um, I think it's this way. This guy is. I've been playing the the debt laugh, the debt laugh deck, the the big boy one. Sounds that's good, what I've bro. been doing good with. <laughs> um, as far as memes go, I I guess I haven't been doing like as many like weird things this season to be honest compared to I've last season played... yeah compared to last season of course yeah <laughs> yeah um this season has been for me i've been doing debt laugh and then uh i actually before this podcast i was like you know what i should probably figure out some of these meta decks so i so i know what i'm talking about a little bit so i was like trying to like play hyper thin and francesca and all of that before this but <laughs> Yeah, he went to the dark side. Yeah. I went to the dark side just so that I would know what you guys were talking about. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm disappointed, Bebo. I I expected you to be on my side still. <laughs> I am. I am. I just feel a little less stupid now. Deep down, deep down in his heart, you will always be a memer. Yeah, deep yep. down, there it's, you it's go. in your soul. Yeah, you know, you can take well, somebody, I mean... you can take somebody out of memes, but you can't take memes out of him. I mean, I'll, it's something that I'll do. I'll play like these these meta these these tier one decks, and I'll always add some weird flavor to it that you know people will complain about and be like, "Bebo, this is horrible. Why are you doing that?" But it's just what I love to do. Kind of like in the best example would be Beta Gwent. I was like a big greatsword player towards the end, mm -hmm. but I would play greatsword with adrenaline rush ah. to carry over. So I do things like that. It's it's just what I find fun, mm -hmm. and I kind of am trying to do that now still. You also play, you also used to play a lot of Canby, right? That's of course, what I wanted to ask. I, yeah, That's what I wanted course. to ask. The state of Canby, Ebo. Don't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Canby's discard, and, and and seriously, when's the last time you've played against discard? It's, I don't know. It's like, it's just kind of sad. He's just not. It's underwhelming. I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah, because that's one thing that I really want to talk about with you as as in let's say non non competitive player. Because of course we discussed Fran, we discussed a little bit of hyperthinning with Porta, we discussed a little bit of Calanth Syndicate. But what about non meta decks? Like, do they still have a place in Gwen? Do you can, can you still have fun with them? Can you still have a decent win rate with them? I mean, of course, you might not have the best win rate, but it's the way that ladder works now, not pro ladder, of course, but normal ladder is you can't rank down, right? So you yeah. can play these decks and yeah. it's not, you're not hurting yourself by doing it so much. Yeah. And ever since that change, you, you can kind of still meme around. Um, of course, one thing that has been affecting me is I feel like every patch, um, I don't know. I feel like every patch, there's always something that gets nerfed and it just ruins the, I don't know how to word it, the meme potential of the game. The You can't yeah. experiment as much. It kind of feels like to me sometimes. Actually, the meme potential is something that I discussed a lot when Homecoming first dropped. Because I, mm. felt, I felt like, okay, in beta, especially towards the end, you could just do absolutely anything. Some of the interactions were completely crazy. I think BJ remembers my uh, Slave Driver deck. And it was just yeah, so yeah. much fun to play. And I, I still think that's probably one of my most watched clips is just playing Emir with Slave Drivers against Greatswords. And it was absolutely amazing. And then when Homecoming first dropped, I felt like, you can't really meme it right now because a lot of cards are doing the same thing. The potential is gone, but you know now we moved on, and I see more and more synergies. So I was actually thinking, like since I'm playing one faction, so I'm basically now what I can, can and cannot do within my own faction. But you guys are playing other factions as well, and like I really wanted to hear your opinion on the main potential of this patch. On me, yeah. all of you, BJ, all of you. <laughs> like what is considered a meme in whole, right? Spice, assimilate. Spice is <laughs> so sad. Spice is so weird. sad. Yeah, I, I think I think we should just give a shout out to Mo, uh, to Mo for playing Spice last season and getting to rank zero with it. Most pros, I played. Oh yeah, most pros. Yeah, I play playing Spice with Morfran. Impressive. Impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a meme in Homecoming, what is that? It's just a bad deck, right? Like, <laughs> it's sad. It's, it's true, but it's, yeah. that's, that's, I don't know. That's, I'll admit it right there. A meme in Homecoming is just a bad deck. It's like you can make memes in, in, in beta and stuff that would actually work. But if it's yeah. you know, not a card everyone plays right now, not a, not a great card, it's not going to, I don't know. It just doesn't feel the same, I guess. Yeah, I think an example of a great meme card is Vache. Because yeah. it's in, in nine out of ten games, it's gonna it's gonna get removed. You know it. Because there is not really a way to, to prevent it. Because it requires two turns. It, it requires you to play him and then play a card that locks. Yeah, exactly. And you know, mm. if you compare it to a card like Philippa, this yeah, never sees any play. It's just Yeah. So, but this is an, this is exactly a meme card. Nine out, yeah. nine out of ten times, it's not gonna work. You know, I it. don't. I don't but even the tenth remember time, seeing it. It is gonna card. work, and it's gonna be a clip. People are gonna keep watching for ages. 
Yeah, there was this this one guy, Deuce, uh, Deuce, whatever, Deuce, and he he actually uh, made a made a with with this card, and he stole like uh, I don't know, like a thirty five point a glass or something with Pachet because he was using like Paris filter and it was crazy crazy combo and like really amazing to watch, but just what happens like one out of ten times, I believe. Yeah, but that's, that's that's the idea behind memes. Like, if it works too often, then it's not a meme. Then it's, then it's a competitive card. Wait, what did you say, uh, Weisberg? Yeah, I said that, you know, if a card is too um, not repetitive, uh, what? It's it, if a card is too consistent. Like, if you can mm-hmm. pull a meme combo most of the time, then it's not a meme anymore. Then it's a competitive card that can be played in a competitive environment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah, I can agree with that, yeah. Yeah, and speaking of competitive environment, the challenger is coming. And I think the man who can uh, talk the most about it is our silent companion, (laughs) Villa. Yeah, he's uh, compared to you, Bibo. He's actually yeah, okay. <laughs> on the podcast, yeah, Villa. I can, I can, I can talk about Challenger. Um, just, uh, just as long as you don't mind the delay here. Um, so yeah. Uh, well, what do you, what do you want to hear about Challenger? Uh, what's your take on what, potential? What's, what's the thing that you are most interested deck about? Lists? Because, um, I think the rules are the same, right? Like you can still just bring four decks. Uh, to the tournament, and you have the right to ban one in the matchup, right? The rules are still the same. So, what do, what kind of decks can we expect from the challenger? In the yeah, opinion? the rules are still the same. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he's delayed. Okay, it's okay, guys. It's okay. Like most of the time, I think he just pretends not to hear us. <laughs> yeah, I, feel, I feel like I'm that too. Trolling us hard right now. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and now we- our our pre-recorded video go. Yeah, and- <laughs> yeah. To all our viewers, like it's you know, tech issues happen. It's our first first podcast. We'll try to get uh, everything going next time. But yeah, Villa, you can hear us. Stop pretending you. you- you are delayed. Your take on potential decks that will be played during the tournament. I, I mean, I think Syndicate's gonna be there always. I, I think Squirtle and Francesco are gonna always, um, uh, you know. Uh, Anna also probably is gonna exist. I mean, the faction that I actually think I mean, I think all the factions are going to be brought, um, mostly. I mean, there might be some factions, of course, that are weaker, but you have to remember, in a tournament setting, uh, pretty much anything can go by, I think. And, uh, yeah, I think we're actually going to see a lot of variation. I don't think there's, like, so a so-called tournament meta anymore, like there was in uh, the open beta, where you basically brought decks that worked 
well on the ladder and then just switched around some cards. Uh, so yeah, I think I think we're gonna see a lot of variations of decks. And I think actually the one who's gonna bring the most unique lineup is gonna be the one who wins it. I think. Yeah, well said, BJ. You're also a competitive player, and you know your goal is always to be top. 500 up 200. Yeah, at least top 500 sometimes. Top. See, so yeah, what what do you think can we expect from the tournament? <laughs> what we can expect? I mean, I can I, I think we can expect Freddy Babes to bring like a really creative lineup like as he always has been doing in the past. Um I think other competitors like Atsikov or like Kolomon or Tilbot will also uh, have a chance to you know, take the trophy. Um, but don't uh, don't underestimate Magpie. I think Magpie He's one of the underdogs of the challenger. He's a newcomer, right? Yeah, he's a newcomer, and he beat Insomnia in a qualifier. And Insomnia is a great, uh, great deck builder, great player. Yeah, if you if you can beat Insomnia, then yeah, sure you you can you can maybe have a chance to win from the other guys too. So yeah, but uh, yeah, I expect uh, a lot of decks like Franny, AK, Meave, Hyperton, probably Ardo. Maybe 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 we could break it down perfection. Yeah, maybe we could do that. Yeah, NR. What can we expect from NR? I, I would go Meef. Yeah, Meef. Uh, some people have been playing for Nerf. Hansel. <laughs> I mean, Hansel is, is underestimated. I feel like, I'm but... serious. I'm thinking Hansel. Yeah. Hansel can be a deck that everyone is going to surprise in, in the challenger. But yeah, Bebo, can you, can you elaborate on that? Why Hansel? I just personally like him. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a very competitive player. I don't know how to explain these things. I've been seeing him sometimes. I've been having good luck with him myself. But of course, I'm not on Pearl Ladder. I'm not in Top 100. That's just my guess. Yeah, but you don't have to be there to discuss things that can potentially be brought to the tournament. Because there's always the surprise element. Like, Do you guys remember when Super JJ basically brought uh, NECA counters with him? Yeah. And you know, things to just. I think it was Muzzle and and Mandrake to just get rid of uh, the old Neckers. And you know, he, his opponent couldn't do anything because his deck was revolving around Neckers. So the only option west was option. Only option left was to forfeit. And another another example was uh, that Elven combo. It was in the last one of the last tournaments in Beta. I don't re remember exactly. But it was something with uh, stealing elves uh, from your opponent's side as well. Oh, create! Was it not just create or something? Like you create a card from your opponent, and it, it mostly it were like matches, these square matches, and then you were creating like no, 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 no. I was creating a bounce card from faction. Uh, you are breaking off, BJ. Oh. Can, can you can you please talk you know more to your microphone? Um, so, I think what you, what you were mentioning was that in Scoitle you had these uh, create cards, so which always got, for example, the Half Elf Hunter uh, and some other cards. I don't remember clearly, but I definitely think that that's what you were talking about. No, it was something about cards. hitting your own unit. I don't really remember exactly what it was, but it was very interesting. And, and you know, the idea is. The surprise element, because, okay, NR, Meath is the obvious choice. Bebo says maybe Hansel. Hansel could be a, a surprise card. 
And th- that's what I'm talking about. Like, by bringing Hensold, you bring a deck that nobody expects. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the surprise factor can definitely help uh, in tournaments. Maybe Villa can, can talk a bit, because he, he definitely plays a lot of tournaments uh, as of life. And you prepare very differently to, to tournaments than leather. Like, you, you, you bring cards that are good against certain uh, decks that can t- counter them, like you call them tags. Yeah, maybe Villa can... Uh, yeah, that's that's a good idea, man. Villa, uh, you, you, you are playing very competitively. I said that multiple times already. How often do you see surprise decks? Uh, surprise decks, I actually see... Uh, I mean, full-on surprise decks, I don't think I see that often, but there certainly are some... Uh, some interesting choices made with cards like BJ's decks. Um, like people tend to bring decks that are still good on ladder, but switch out the cards that they think don't have an effect on the tournament per se, and then they just switch it out for something that something to take into some other deck that they expect to make it to the tournament, and uh, so they have a better matchup against that deck. Uh, and it's actually it's actually quite uh, interesting how you prepare for this kind of thing because then then you basically have to set your mind mind to you know certain decks that you expect to make it of course i always think about the top ladder decks and uh you know i tend to put cards that for example last uh, last year uh, last year fuck me <laughs> uh last season i um I, I obviously expect a lot of fault as a lot of Dijkstra. Uh, so I started to cut out cards that I think were maybe maybe even a bit too, too uh, let's say, uh, proactive, and I just started going heavy control. Because you're not going to beat Foldest or Dijkstra with control. I also put cards that allowed me to push, especially against Summoning Circle Dijkstra. Uh, so cards like Novigrad and Justice help with that. It's solid thinning, solid tempo. So cards like this, uh, you know, and of course, when you play in a tournament, you tend to run cards that are, of course, more controlly than the uh, normal cards. Yeah, to, you, um, to follow up on what Villa just said, what do you think is going to be a tournament-defining deck? I think it's going to be Fran. Just move on to, towards yeah. the Squato territory because we said okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. most likely Meave, there's always there's always a surprise aspect with Hensold, maybe Foltest. But okay, l- moving on to the Squato, it's gonna be Fran. Like I don't think anyone is gonna play anything else than Fran. So th- that's gonna be very tournament defining. What do you guys think? Yeah. yeah I, I think... Is everyone gonna bring a Fran to the tournament or is somebody gonna say I'm I'm gonna come go from Rand? I mean according to Pumpkin, Dana is better than than uh, Franny, but um, yeah, <laughs> I think uh, Franny will definitely be brought by a lot of people that are playing in the tournament. Yeah, I think it's definitely Fran, no, no doubt about that. But then, then there's also the question, like, which version, right? You have Harmony, and but you also have Dwarves. But in general, uh, the Harmony version is way better uh, to other match in, in other matchups, but the Dwarf version, it can definitely... Uh, win from the harmony version that's what i heard okay bebo your experience with fran and how well can it fare in a tournament environment 
Ooh. I mean, it's obvious Fran is strong. Everyone thinks she's strong. I, I, but like you were saying, like, like BJ was saying, I, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see Dana as, um, I've been seeing a lot of Dana almost more than Fran. Um, they're both insanely strong. I honestly can't pick. I don't know which one of those that we're going to see. Um, I wouldn't be shocked though to see more Dana. Um, Part of me hopes to see Eldane, but I know it won't happen. But I can dream. <laughs> Eldane. But I can. Hey, I can dream. All right. <laughs> let's, let's let's think about it for a moment because Eldane is essentially a control deck with a good finisher. Mm. But is it enough to produce enough to produce enough tempo round one and round two? Because let's be honest, if you win against Eldane round one and you push it round two, it's it, it it's gone. You you are winning. Yeah. This anyway. yeah. But if you yeah. win round one, especially say you're against Hyperthin or even uh, even against Franny, you have the what do you call it, um, Pitfall or um, Serpent Trap. You know that can be a game changer. Mm -hmm. Of yeah. course, again, I'm just dreaming. I don't actually expect it, but I, it'd actually, be cool. Actually, you were to see. not just dreaming because roll stacking is a thing now. Like we, we said, Meef and we said Dana or Fran. That means roll stacking because Meef just wants engines to do generate value every single turn. And and Dana slash Fran want to set up Oak. So roll stacking, so you can potentially bring some traps to the tournament to uh, and cards like Lacerate to just punish that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, the mm -hmm. version that Pumpkin was playing was without Oak. So if you don't bring Oak, then there won't be roll stacking that much, and yeah, then Lacerate is not going to be a lot of value. But yeah. In most cases, they play Franny, so they are going to anyway. And Last Ride is a pretty good tag card. Uh, I mean, even uh, with Franny, Crushing also... Trap. Yeah, go ahead. Though, right. I was just going to say, Crushing Trap, if we're talking Squirtle, I feel like I prefer that to Lacerate. But yeah. Yeah, it's one provision less. There's not that much artifact removal in the ladder. But perhaps people will bring it to the tournament, right? Mm -hmm. It can be very true. Yeah, that first invocation. <laughs> wow, this got weird. <laughs> just, just, just whispering the card that everyone knows is going to be played. Is this, is this a a ASMR stream? <laughs> it can be. <laughs> uh, so yeah, moving. Like, sp speaking of artifact removal, moving on to Novgard and the overall removal. Like, as a Novgardian, I have no idea what would be viable in a tournament environment because hyper thin. There's a lot of counters. Total removal, uh, anything that yeah. somehow messes up yeah, your exactly. deck. I mean, uh, Karate Heat Wave has, has been seen on the ladder, which is pretty good against uh, Hyper 10. Um, you can play Geralt Professional, uh, for example, to kill the. Uh, what's, what's the guy called? The guy that um, reveals uh, cards from her deck. Savior. Like, no, Sartesius, yes, yes, yes. Oh, sorry. Fact, yeah. So Sartesius on the, on like T-Board, for example, is like 18 points, so then you can easily kill Geralt the Professional. I think, yeah, it's it's a risky uh, risky deck. Like, it either pays off or, you know... And also, you can, just, you can just push around too. Make them yeah. play Sartesius and, and the Yennefer. Yeah, but if you have tall removal, you don't have to push around. Yeah, that's you true. Can, that's true. You can just be like, okay, let's go to into a long route. You know, I will beat you. 
and it's actually interesting how toll removal just started to be more neutrals and, and spell cards. Like Korata Heatwave, like nobody, nobody played it last season. Yeah, nobody did. But yeah, it got the it got buffed by a couple of proficients. I think two proficients. I don't remember clearly what it was. And right now it's like ten proficients. The thing is with with karate heat, uh, karate heat wave, it's like it does not always find value for ten uh, proficients that you pay for it. Sometimes you you kill an engine which is like five five base strength, for example. Yeah, in most cases you don't you then you don't get insane failure been leaving the card alone as of late but it can definitely be a good card so yeah i think one situation. of the cards that you can leave alone is oriana she's just getting value and you can just remove her remove her at the yeah. end yeah exactly you can do that for example but you can also tag in like a dragoon any card that can move a unit yeah like speaking speaking of that kind of removal false siri I'm not sure if she's worth it at seven provisions, but she removes an artifact and she can move I something mean, to the, the other yeah, world. I, I think she's definitely worth it. I mean, if people are bling, bringing AQ, they won't bring a Rihanna, of course. Yeah. But maybe some people bring a Dead Love. And there are other cards like in a world that is like has a row restriction. So I think a False Series is definitely a card to put in your deck. But that if you play Hyperton, you don't have to for it, right? So you you will probably see more control uh, NG uh, decks with Siri. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I th I think Hyperthin is played quite often, but it's not going to make it to the tournament. Yeah. The risk is just too high. Like you can afford yeah. losing some games on on the ladder, but you cannot afford losing games during the tournament. Yeah, I think it's too risky to bring. So think... what options does it leave for Novgaard? Usurper think... Nardo. I mean, Ardell, normal Ardell tactics, yeah. honestly, is still really good, I think, so. Yeah, yeah and it's probably the only deck that can uh, deny you portal. Because uh, there's going to be out of portal, and plus we have waters, so two engines in the same round. And Ardell is the only deck that can get rid of both during the same turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think Ardell probably. Uh, I think Villa has been playing. I choose. Maybe not this season, but maybe maybe that's still good. Yeah, good question. Know. Good question, Villa. Usurper Shoop. What do you think? Shoop or Calvite Shoop. Usurper Shoop or Calvite Shoop. This is going to be played during the tournament. Villa, your take. I mean, Usurper Shoop, I think the deck is, or deck was fine. Uh, like a couple of seasons ago, it definitely worked, but now that Fall Dest is a lot less uh, played, I think I, I honestly probably go for Galweed myself, uh, because I, I think the extra provisions and Galweed's leader ability give you the certain flexibility, so you can go for a push if you really need to push. Because if you play Usurper, it's kind of like, yeah, you take away the leader ability, but then you really, really are like uh, banking on the fact that you you queue into a good matchup because if you don't get a strong enough leader ability locked, then the deck is probably gonna lose anyway. So I think Galvid's way better. Galvid also gives you a bit more, like I said, flexibility and control options. You can play, uh, play cards like 
Azir, so you can go even for double muscle in a Kalvid uh, Shoop deck, which is insane. Uh, so yeah, if 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 I had to pick one for a tournament, I think I'd still uh, lean a bit more towards Young Kalvid, just because I don't think, uh, you know, there's gonna be enough value to be had on Usurper's Leader mm-hmm. ability alone. Yeah, yeah, and Kalu Palma also makes a fair point. He he's saying like Usurper's two seasons ago, and now we have more point slam engine and more strong engine deck, so for you super shoot to be played. Yeah. yeah. And that's true, like, engines will just outfail you, you super Yeah, and that's actually the problem with Ardo as well, because Ardo controls everything, but it doesn't generate enough points on its own. Yeah. I mean, if you play Portal with Sargent, maybe can can be yeah, that's that, that's a power play, that's tempo play. But yeah. how many of those plays are you gonna get? You know, Meno into Muzzle maybe. That's that's, that's twelve points. Yeah, and they can be know, easily I... removed by as well. And but I... but uh, something I've Wait, seen. What were you gonna say, Bebo? Yeah, Bebo. Uh, I was just gonna say I I um I honestly do expect hyper thin though at, at Challenger. I don't. I still expect it to be there for NG. Uh, why is it's that? risky but i mean it's risky but it's just simply plain and simple one of the strongest decks in the game if it works yeah it's consistent and it's like a lot of just i can i can see i can see your if people are starting to tag tolerant which you know actually you can still good. play ardo with hyperthin so you can get both point spam there's just so many options for Hyperthin. Yeah, I, I truly don't see us not seeing it. Yeah, because now that I think about it, like, I know that I said that Hyperthin is not going to make it probably because of total removal, but on the other hand, if you play Ardo and you get some control, you get the tactic package, you have enough control and you have some point spam. And you know what? Yeah, people will bring total removal, but uh, what what is Hyperthin's, you know, their bombs at the end where you get three cards that are what, 15 plus or something? 13 plus? Can you really remove all of them? Like, even with Tall Remover, you can still win games. I don't know. I just. It's just such a strong deck. I, I truly see it being there. But. Yeah, that's. You, you're making some good points here. Like, I don't really know. I, I think that the, the, the risk factor might, might uh, scare people off and just make them not play Hyperthin, but on the other hand, if you just play Hyperthin with a little bit of control, like people do with Ardo, you can be fine for the most part. And now, we kind of have to talk about the card, Yennefer's Invocation. Because yeah. the one thing that was breaking Hyperthin was overthinning. Like, if you, if you committed too many res- too much of resources early on, and just went, and you just didn't have enough cards to, to draw round three. But now with Yennefer... Like you can you can easily play around it. So what's your take? Like hyperthin plus universe invocation. And it, it also serves as stall removal. It's only nine provisions and you can just remove absolutely anything. Mm-hmm. But would you play Ardle then? Uh, then you wouldn't play Ardo, obviously, because like yeah. you want to replay the card that you just, that yeah, you just exactly. put on, on top of your deck. Unless you play her round 2, for instance, and then you draw the card anyway. But I don't think that would be very common. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. But even Calvite has enough enough control because even as Calvite, you still have double joust. You probably have I mean, that's pretty assassination. Good yeah, it's pretty good. Rem- like, since we're playing, know, yeah. I want to know what our silent friend, our silent friend, thinks about Hyperthin. Yeah, he, hasn't, he hasn't said much about it. Yeah. He hasn't said much in general. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's like, what the fuck is going on? Villa, uh, your thoughts on Hyperthin in a tournament? Uh, my thoughts on Hyperthin in a tournament? I, I think, yeah, like people said, we are going to see at least like a. <sighs> I th- I think uh, I'd say maybe two three hyperthindex uh, making it because let's be honest if you're bringing Nilfgaard the first deck you probably consider is hyperthin since it is the most strong one right now especially with cards like invocation being reworked and it works super well with Calvit hyperthin and yeah uh, honestly there there might be some other Nilfgaard decks but if I had to put my money on one that we're gonna see it's definitely hyperthin. And what about the inclusion of cards like Damien and Stefan? Because I've seen them around. Mm. Still not worth it? No. High provision no. costs, a super high risk, high reward, right? Yeah. yeah. It's too meme man. And you, you, you can probably take them anyway. Like you, don't, you, you won't have the space. But I was just, yeah. you know, going to bring it up because I've seen them around and, you know, once again, the surprise element. Like the Damien nobody expects. Uh, so yeah, I think that's Maybe. that's that's about Novgard monsters, guys. Yeah. Monsters. Oh, oh, monsters. Oh, oh. AQ, <laughs> AQ, or BJ is dead laugh. Oh, that is tough. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna start with Debo because obviously BJ is gonna be not very objective on this. But Debo has a lot of experience with dead laugh. He played a lot of this. Go on, man. I mean, that's but that's the thing. I'm super biased because I've been playing dead laugh. So like, I want to say dead laugh, but. I don't know. I, I, I truly I truly don't know the answer. I don't know what we'll see for monsters, honestly. I I really don't know. I don't know how to answer that. Like monsters is the... I expect to see both, I honestly. I expect to see AQ and LF. But Yeah, I actually have to eat eat, eat the crow here because when, when they first announced vampire changes, I was like, nah, you just bleed them round two, you deny them all the bleeds round three, easy game you won. But you know, now they tag all the big boys as well. So even in the short run, they are pretty strong. Yeah. 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 For example, in the Deadlove deck, you have the uh, big boy. Yeah. And in AQ, you have. Well, you have Kelly. You Frightener, have. K-Ran. Frightener, K Ran. Deadlove, High Vampire. You have. Glusty with Leader, for example. I mean, AQ is obviously a lot easier to bleed, though, I'd say, than Deadlift yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. Yeah, Deadlift is kind of hard to bleed because of the big boy. The big boys kind of make them, like, get up in points. So. AQ needs a lot of setup, I feel like. Play yeah, AQ definitely is, too. like, I would say the more powerful deck, if it yeah. works, right? Yeah. It seems yeah. more consistent to me. Yeah. But I think I, I do think that people bring AQ more often than that because it is just so strong in the long round or just 
when you make these big tempo swings. Of course, they are all pro players. They all know how to play against AQ. I'm really curious to see how, how that end up being played out. But yeah, there will probably be a couple of people that bring that off. Yeah. Okay, Silent Partner, your thoughts on Monsters and the Challenger? Like we somehow agree either AQ or Deadlaugh, depending on your own preference and what you were expecting. Okay, your, your take, man. The honorable gentleman uh, has the floor. Honestly, I think I, honestly I think we're gonna see a lot more AQ. Like, of course, um you know uh like probably in a tournament where people expect at least I think the most of the competitors expect AQ to be the, the monster deck to go with. I think there's gonna be maybe some text artifact removal in the decks, but then I still believe that AQ has a higher ceiling than Dead Love and like cards like Oriana, for example, that you do play in Dead Love um you know, easily very, very risky cards in a tournament. So I honestly think AQ just because of the low unit factor and you know uh low unit factor and also the units themselves are really really small and then you can just finish the game with action glasty i think i think aq is gonna be uh probably a deck that we are gonna see more of course i wouldn't rule that lot necessarily out but yeah it's i think that aq is gonna win win it uh for sure if if people debate about these mm -hmm. two leaders Wait, and do you think that AQ will have Keltulis or not? I see a lot of people talking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of people have been mentioning. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Villa. 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 Kelly or not Kelly? Well, mm -hmm. uh, I think, I think uh, Keltulis is super risky in a tournament but um you know why not i don't see necessarily a downside to running the card but um yeah uh, i honestly if i if i was bringing a tournament tournament aq they could probably leave it out just because it's very easily counterable 11 point card, uh 11 provision card of course it does have a nine body but when you're playing <laughs> aq you really don't like to have high bodies anyway yeah, good points, man. Good points. Uh, what factions do we have left? Skellige and... Uh, Skellige, yes. Skellige and Sinica, that's Yeah, true. Skellige. I think uh, the atrocity of a 3D model is going to be there. <laughs> foul blood. Hmm, the blob. Though I've yeah. seen a lot of Iced Ice Baby. Iced Ice Baby, man. It's trash. <laughs> I've seen it. Oh. <laughs> I know it's trash, I tried I've seen it. it. I've tried it. I've tried it so much. I mean, you guys can quote me right now. Queen's Guard Camby is going to win Challenger, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. So. <laughs> I mean, in some cases, like, like in, you know, hypothetically, just imagine Camby against against Hyperthin. You know, right? when they, they when they want to use that Vilga Force to pull to pull their big boy Tivor, and he just. <laughs> you just can't be it. it uh, we know it's not going to happen, but uh, no, hypothetically. Oh, yes, foul blood. I, I mean, foul blood is very consistent, right? Yeah. 
And the yeah. engines, man. Oh, the priest and oh, the protector. The, the federants. Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> Don't boy. forget the federants, man. <laughs> I mean, the reset. The... Just great sword and, and yeah. ship, right? Yeah, All over just, again. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's pretty strong. It's pretty strong. And then you have the Titting, which with, with the uh, Shield Maidens from Ceres, which make the decks uh, also consistent. Yeah, and, and the Skulls as well. It's like, it, th th that's one of the feelings that I really hate when I'm playing a proactive deck and I can't do anything about the Skulls. Like, you see, okay, there there's three Skulls and there's like, you know, the, the uh, Protector at, at, at the end or something, and they and they place a Priest on the left, and you just, you just see it happening. Like, and then there is, you know, one of the Veterans in the middle or something just ping it, and you can't do anything about it. It's just ping, 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 points, 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 yeah. you can't do anything. I mean, Swallow has a lot of cards that support the league. And, you know, Brand doesn't see any more play, even though it's, it's very consistent with the discard package, although the discard package is hard enough, so it's seeing any more play. I'm, I'm just happy that Crack is gone. Oh, yeah, I mean... Like, I don't mind his ability, I don't mind, you know, the deck that was, that was being played with him. You know what I did mind? Every single turn. <gasps> You know, all those sounds that he makes, like, that was so frustrating. Like, stop. Can I mute it, please? Like, old man grunting. Just, I don't want to hear it. How do you feel with Franny's ma, then? You if I'm playing that, against right? Franny, I'm focused on other parts of her, of her motto than just the sounds. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's part of her ability. Distract your opponent for five seconds. The truth comes out. We all like Fran. Uh, that's why nobody's complaining about Fran being a tier one deck. I see. It, yeah. I see <laughs> so yeah, when it comes to Skellige, we think Svalbard, but Villa, the men of the north, Cold North. What do you think about Svalbard and Skellige in general? It's your neck of the woods. Like you are very close. Let your Viking blood speak. I mean, I think Skellige is actually probably one of the better three factions in the game right now. And I think that the Swalblood list that people have been or have been running is probably going to see a lot of play also in the tournament. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule Aista. Aista has a very strong leader ability and you can do something like summoning circle, greatsword, greatsword and leader, for example. You would uh, handle all and that's already yeah. like super, super strong. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, so yeah, cool. I think I think we're gonna get, see Skellige in every, every single lineup, honestly. And I th I think it's gonna be it's gonna be always between Ice and uh Swalblood. I I don't think I I see any other Skellige leader making it when these two have such a high ceiling already. So but, but do you think that Ice is more bleeding compared to Swalblood? Yeah, you, you kind of cut off there, BJ. So I, I mean, the I, yeah, question... I, I, I just, I just, I mean, the thing about bleeding Skellige in general is that Skellige has very strong bronzes, so bleeding them might not necessarily be always worthy. Of course, if you see a strong leader like, like Iced, like Harold, of course, you generally want to push because, um, uh, you know. You want to get, of course, the leader ability out, but honestly, I do believe that 
even if you bleed Skellige, they're usually fine because just because the bronze cards are so good that they they basically are allowed to do pretty much anything they want. I think when when you bleed them, just because the bronze cards are that strong, yeah, Skellige. and it's a snowball effect as well. Like even with a couple of cards, they can generate a lot of points. But yeah, the last faction, guys, Syndicate. We've seen it a lot last patch. We've seen it also a lot the patch before that when it dropped, when it was added to the game. But now, after the coin coin bug, are we actually going to see Syndicate on the tournament? Because you don't have to play all the factions, right? Four out of six. Yeah, just four. So, I think, yeah. Syndicate. Like, I have no idea what would you even play as Syndicate. I think I think so, a lot of people are just still trying to figure it out. Nah, I think you will definitely see Syndicate. And I've already mentioned before, like, people are still playing, like, DJ Crime decks. Uh, you have Gudrun with Bincy. The the bounty package that we'll uh, see play. I think one of the two will definitely be seen. Because it's still quite strong. Yeah, personally, if I had to bank on it, like, then yeah, Gudrun probably. But I don't know, like it's it's really hard to say considering that Skellig was basically non-existent until yesterday. It's then Syndicate, mm -hmm. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, makes sense, right? You don't want to put your uh, calculator out of your desk and you then... You can't bring a calculator to a tournament! <laughs> oh, it's not allowed! <laughs> Bebo, Syndicate. Uh, if I had to guess, I'd say Swarm. Ooh, interesting. interesting. Just a straight-up guess. <laughs> so I'm of hard, right? With Swarm. Yeah, yeah. I personally don't play Syndicate that much, but that's that's from what I've seen. That's that's what I've seen. That's what I've come up against, and it seems strong. To be, it I mean, seem like it got hit as hard as DJ did. So to be honest, it's pretty damn hard to counter. Like you, Gudrun, you just have reset auto removal, and it's gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but or like movement. Hemophard. I mean. We all know what happened to Gimpy Girl when the gone. Yeah. So And this, good thing that it happened. Yeah. It, I mean you can push you can try to win round one and then push round two, but if they if they if Hammerford uh, tempo round and they win, then you're kind of screwed, man. You go into a long run. I mean you Yeah, then, then you have pack to your bags and, and leave. Yeah, but on the other hand, Fran is also strong in a long round three. So is AQ. Hmm. Hyperthin, maybe not. But Meat is also strong run 3. I think that, like speaking in, in general terms, we'll, we'll see a lot of long round 3. Because there's just a lot of decks that prefer that kind of, uh, uh, that, that kind of gameplay. What do you guys think? I mean, yeah, Meat is definitely very strong. Because also against uh, Hemelfart for but Hemelford doesn't have doesn't doesn't have a lot of uh, control, I believe. Yeah. So if you, if you if you play against Meeve and Meeve can play all her engines and they getting points every turn, I think yeah, I think Meeve can probably uh, win from, from a Hemelford. Yeah. So so uh, to kind of sum it up, I think I think that I'm lost. I, I don't really know what will be playable during the tournament when it comes to Syndicate. BJ says Gudrun, obviously because Gudrun Shoop. Yeah, Gudrun Troop. <laughs> uh, Bebo <laughs> brought a very interesting point of sight of Samerford being, being there. But yeah, the silent force behind the podcast. Villa, your take on Syndicate in the tournament. 
Uh, for sure, we're gonna see Syndicate, uh, and the dude extra, I think, are gonna make it up probably the good run Horson, just because simply they they are very good at what they do. Horson supports the bounty control, uh, like, very, very well, and then, uh, on the other side of the coin, Gudrun is really, really good at point slamming. So I think those two leaders we can definitely expect to see when Syndicate and if Syndicate, well, Syndicate is going to be played. So I think those are the two leaders that we are going to definitely see the most. Uh, also, I kind of dislike Hemulfar because if you push it round two and you draw, bad, like you draw really bad, you don't get your swarm cards or whatnot. It's kind of like, you know, what can you do? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's actually a good point. Horson is an interesting idea here. I haven't seen Horson, but you know, in my name of the woods, somewhere, somewhere in the depth of the ladder, <laughs> you don't see a lot of uh, variety of that kind. But yeah, Horson, interesting. Yeah, Horson is pretty, pretty good though. And if, 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 like Kalapama mentioned earlier, right? Like there were a lot of engines uh, being played on ladder, and Horson yeah. simply destroys one of the engines and gets some coins back, perhaps. Yeah. And, and you can, you know, uh, pair it with the uh, Cut Up Luckies. Yeah, the Cut Up Luckies with Portal, oh, for example. Oh, oh. It just removes everything. Yeah. I mean... So, th in the first round, they don't... Do, do they have, like, decklist or not? Because if, once you know that the opponent is playing Cut Up Luckies, you can, you know, you can play around... Play, play against that with, with a certain mindset, right? Yeah. To push. Yeah, you can also play around. You can just bleed around too as well. Yeah, but I think like from what I remember is like the first, it's all closed. Nobody knows what the opponent is playing. No. But after that, they know the deck list. I think I, I'm not sure. Maybe Samper can uh, confirm. He's in the chat. But yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. 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 So overall predictions of the tournament. Like it, it is impossible to say who's gonna win, obviously. But who are you guys rooting for? Of course, Freddy Babes, man. <laughs> Bebo, Even though I'm, yeah. Bebo, your favorites? Oh man, I don't have a favorite. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't have a favorite for these tournaments. I, I like everyone. The one who like makes me like who the the person I'm most curious about though is uh because Ch Chesy's pretty much stopped streaming to practice for this, and he's kind of been like seclusive and getting ready. So he, I'm curious about what he's bringing. Yeah, that's 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 but, a very good point here. Actually, he like turned into a, a hermit to to practice for this. So it's it, it's it's like what what are you what are you up to? Well, Fre Freddy Babes has also not been uh, streaming as of late. Yeah, yeah. yeah, guys, it makes sense. You don't want to stream the decks you want to bring to the tournament. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, personally, I would say like yeah, Freddy is a very likable guy, and you know the the old Freddy Emir meme, you know the card that that somebody <laughs> made. That, you know, I don't know if <laughs> Oh yeah, I remember that. But on the other hand, uh, I'm, I'm I'm always rooting for the underdog and, and Magpie, you know, first tournament, a newcomer. Yeah, 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 I like that. I like that approach. Villa, who are you rooting for this tournament? I mean, I don't I don't have a favorite because you know, I I I like to support other players as as much as I can. But 
If I absolutely had to pick one that I'd like to see win a tournament would be Atsikov, because he hasn't won a tournament before. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And I think we are slowly approaching the last segment, which is Gwent and Twitch. Like, we are all streamers, so we've seen the ups and downs of Gwent on this platform. Um, I'm the stat guy. I like the numbers, so I'm closely following how Gwent is doing on Twitch. Uh, how do you guys think that the recent changes and the uh, the push for mobile is going to affect the viewership and the overall condition of Gwent on the platform? Well, I think because of the mobile release, I think the will definitely playing, especially in Asia. I've seen a documentary about Asia and like mobile games. They're like insane. They they always are in these trams or trains, and they always play these mobile games. So I think if once Gwent is releasing on the on the mobile platform, there will be there will there will definitely be a lot of uh, new players from Asia. I think so. Maybe maybe Bebo Bebo Boop can tell more about. The- can tell more about it. Yeah, since actually, he that's lives what I wanted Japan. to say because okay, we have the documentaries, we have comments that to some might sound even ignorant, but Bebo is actually living in. He actually lives in Japan. Like he has the first-hand experience, but he's also a Gwent partner. I, I think he relies on the success of Gwent on Twitch much more than we do because we stream on the side, right? It's not our job. And as, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, Bebo Bebo streams for a living. So I mean, you we- say I live in I live in Japan, but I, I live in the mountains. I don't talk to anyone. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know what the heck the outside world is up to, to be honest with you. <laughs> now, now Vila likes you even more. <sighs> I live in the middle of nowhere, so I don't, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, but that, o- overall, like you are you stream full time, right? That's your job. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, how do you think the future of Gwen, like, what it's gonna look like, and and how it's gonna affect your living as a streamer? I mean, mobile, if you're talking about mobile, mobile is absolutely going to be huge. Yeah, of course. It, it will be game-changing. It really will. Um, I mean, it's, in my opinion, it's one of the reasons why why uh, Hearthstones and Hearthstone, sorry, I said the H word. I'm sorry, guys. One of the reasons why that, that game is so popular and uh, it's, it's uh, of course, that's what Blizzard too, so. But, um, I mean, mobile is just huge for games like this. You know, these are the perfect types of games that you can play, like you were saying, on the train, on a commute. It's perfect time span for it. Mm-hmm, and, exactly. Uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it's obvious. I don't think we need to go into detail about why, but it will definitely, definitely increase viewership and uh, so, total number of players. So what I'm thinking about, will will there be more casuals playing Gwent that are going to play on mobile, or will there be more competitive players joining Gwent because it's oh, yeah, I don't I don't think that mobile as a as um as a medium supports competitive play. Like you, you cannot really play competitively and, and focus on your match matches while being on the train. It's yeah. not really possible. Like you, yeah. you're you're not gonna have the focus to to do it. That's that's a good point. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but, but I don't think I, I don't think mobile is only for people on a train. It's for people that maybe don't have a PC to play Gwent, and they can true. just play in bed and play. So yeah. it's it's not you know it's not just for that. Definitely, yeah, especially since the performance of Gwent on on PC is questionable, to say the least. Yeah. But yeah, so, um, Villa. I, think, Villa. I think that if you like, yeah, Villa, mobile and Twitch and Gwent. Like you, you are not streaming a lot, but you are streaming, and I think that you might be streaming more in the, in the future. So, what's your take, man? 
I mean, I think I think mobile, of course, is gonna have. A, I'd like to think at least a positive effect on 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 Gwent and the amount of streamers that we're gonna get or new streamers that we're gonna get. But honestly, I don't think the mobile is gonna be as big of a success as CDPR hopes it to be, which is of course sad because they clearly have are have an are putting time into it. Um, you know. And investing a lot of money to it, like last update or this update, rather we got we got the whole new versus screen, and definitely shows that they're trying to support the mobile m- mobile uh, genre. I guess, but honestly, I think it's gonna. F- I don't. I don't. I don't like to say flop, but it's not gonna be as amazing and great as Serbia hopes it to be. Personally, personally, I think that tournament have tournaments have as much of an impact on. The viewership on Twitch as mobile would have. Like the one thing that we are missing in the last months is tournaments. Like tournaments bring a lot of people to the platform because you always get some goodies. But you know, yeah. people who are maybe not very, very into Gwent on, on, on Twitch, they get an email. Hey, if you watch, you get something in return and, and maybe they're gonna like it. And you can always see that shortly after the tournament, for a couple of weeks at least, there's way more viewers than usual because people just you know explore all these new Gwen streamers and and, and they, they like some of them they keep watching and this is something that i think most streamers have missed because if you look at the numbers like okay homecoming Gwen took a huge hit in terms of viewership hours watched everything then it kind of we we had a, we had a short surge when it comes to Crimson Curse because it was it was mar- properly marketed like everyone knew about it it was everywhere like you could f- for the first time in a very long time you could you could he- read and, and hear about Gwent outside of the Gwent bubble mm. and like one thing that I'm I, I was kind of worried about and and it didn't really change a lot when it comes to the viewership is the Novigrad expansion. Like, unless you were already familiar with Gwent, and already, uh, unless you already knew about the expansion, you wouldn't hear about it anywhere. And even if you look yeah, about it wasn't viewers, marketed at all. Like, it was, it no. was just a regular patch. Like, you, you, see, yeah. you still see the, the, the viewership declining through the expansion. So like, that's, that's really why I'm hoping for the tournament to bring a, a, a new wave of, of, of you know, viewers and, and potential players as well. And how do you, yeah. what, what do you guys think? Like maybe maybe it's just my opinion. Maybe it's just you know like I'm, I'm biased or anything. But yeah, I really think the tournament tournaments have a big impact. And I would like to hear your opinions. Let, let's start with Bebo. Tournaments and, and your viewership, like your experience. I mean, it's not it's not an opinion. It's not biased. It's fact. If you you can literally go and look at you know a stream stats, whatever the website is, Twitch stats, and you can look at Gwent and see that every open, every challenger has literally brought an influx. And the graph literally will look like this tournament and slowly go back down until the next tournament and go back up. That's just how it works. It does bring people in to watch. It does bring new viewers not only for that event, but for all streamers that are that are playing Gwent afterwards for a, a certain amount of time. And this is one of the reasons why why uh Gwent has been kind of I don't want to say stagnant because you know compared to other games, <laughs> artifact, Gwent is actually doing pretty good um in terms of viewership it's stable but we haven't had these spikes in such a long time and uh, this this is what we need we need we need tournaments for that so yeah definitely it's it's going to be huge bigger than mobile i think but yeah both of those combined is is going to be i hope it brings numbers back to the game 
Yeah, BJ. Tournament. Well, I have not. I have. Yeah, I, I don't have much to. But I think definitely tournament has a big impact on Gwent viewership on Twitch. Like when CD, whenever CD Projekt Red goes live and streams, like either I mean Cyberpunk or Gwent, like any or, or any other game, people start popping by and see what's going on. And I think a lot of other, like a lot of old players, might uh, might join the the Twitch chat um, to see what's what's going on with Gwent, like. Is it still? It's is it? Is, did it become better, or is it still the game that I, that I did not like, and that that what's the, uh, which was the reason to stop uh, playing the game, for example? So I think definitely it will attract old players again. Maybe maybe they will give it another go, and maybe they will stick around. Uh, Villa. Yeah, I, I know you're not streaming a lot, but you know you're definitely gonna stream after the tournament, or maybe uh, tournament. Yeah, I mean, I think every time CDPR goes live, yeah, like Joe said, it's 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 a like a big bump uh, on on the viewership in general. And I think I think that tournaments for sure have they have a, a huge positive effect, and this is why I think they shouldn't delay on competitive stuff at all, rather they should focus on it more, uh, especially in the future, because that's something that really keeps or yeah, keeps the community going for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's it, they better announce something about season two for it. Otherwise people just start leaving when Yeah. Because I, I think that okay, mobile might bring a a a wave of new players, of potential new players. But what keeps the community together and what, what keeps people playing is the competitive scene. Mm-hmm. Like even me, I I don't play competitively. You guys know that, but I still follow the competitive scene. I I still want to watch the competitive streamers. I still watch the tournaments, and if there wasn't any kind of competitive uh, uh format going on, uh, it would be. I wouldn't have this much of an incentive to watch and 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 play. I guess. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, guys. I think I think we we explored yeah, we all are... the all the all the topics that we had. But there is one more thing that we can do. One more thing, guys. One yeah. more thing. Bj, you are in charge of gathering all the crucial questions that our viewers want to have answered. So now yeah, is the time. There were a couple of uh, crucial questions that uh, caught my eye, and the first one was from Smelly Legend. He said he asked um, to us. Uh, has there been any Angie Rose? And I think the answer is no, because the Pikeman. Can you can you repeat be... can you repeat the question because you kind of cut off at some point? Uh, I cut off. I can I can I can do it like this. Um, so the question was: Has there been any Angie Rose punish on? And I answered that there is there are not many uh, punish anymore. I believe like th- there used to be a lot of Pikeman. Uh, like people were playing Pikeman, and then they were playing. People were, uh, were afraid of it, so they were row stacking on the range row, and then you could play like a last raid. You got like a tons of points, right? Yeah. But because of the new bronze core in Nilfgaard, which is basically having Figo on the brigades and the tactic package, you don't see the Pikeman anymore because there's no room for it. So yeah. that there, it's definitely not a, a yeah, case anymore. You know, maybe it would be different if there was a tactic that punishes raw stacking. 
because you, you could you could potentially tutor it with Meno, and it basically uh, synergize with the rest of your deck. But you're not gonna play a spell in your tactic filled deck, especially if you are playing Ardo. Mm-hmm. It relies on the number of tactics that you have in your deck. Yeah, exactly. Like, so yeah, I I, I think the answer is no. So far, but you know, we never know. Like the new cards are yeah, coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, yeah, I, I don't know anything for sure, but considering that. Um, we got an expansion in March, and we got another one in June. So you know, three months since the beginning of the year each time. So maybe, maybe you're gonna get an expansion soon. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. Yeah, but maybe. I really, I really hope for some new cards. <laughs> BJ, next question, my friend. Next question, Driftling. He says, "Is Homecoming better, more fun than better? Why? Why?" So, am I the person that is gonna answer that, or? <laughs> You know, maybe if you were sitting more in the center, <laughs> because we we only see half of your face now. <laughs> like you have to you have to play around with the microphone. But yeah, uh, the question the question was if homecoming is be- better than beta. That's such a debate. It. I mean, we They're already different games. Yeah, that's the answer right there. They're different games. Yeah, that, I think that's the only correct answer because if you think about it, whatever you say, other than this. People are gonna be mad. <laughs> yeah, but to 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 try and to make an attempt on that to answer that question, I think in old beta you had like a lot of archetypes, like very well structured and a lot of faction identity. And I feel like that's a little bit missing coming. It's more like you play more kinda like mid-range decks or just cards that are just good. You just put all the cards in the deck that are good. And I feel like the, it's it's becoming better like than 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 the start of home there are more archetypes and archetypes are slowly evolving constructed archetypes but i, I definitely feel it's still it should still uh, be a point to work on it should definitely still be worked on by cd Patch. yeah, yeah i would, I would to like say. to see certain artifacts more fleshed out because I loved archetypes. It's a personal opinion. It's it's not. I'm not gonna say that you know Homecoming is a worse or a better product than Beta, but it, it's a different game. But one thing that I would like to see transferred from from Beta onto Homecoming is more archetypes, because we see that you know sometimes they just print cards that potentially work in an ar- ar- archetype, but you just don't see enough support for the archetype to be playable. It's it's there. It's it's not fleshed out. It's not finished. And some archetypes are just you know better than others. Assimilate. Uh, but yeah, we are we are seeing more and more synergies being back. Uh, for example, for example, Skellige and and you know the basically the great swords are back. You know the the self self wounding resetting archetype is, is is back. Discard is there. It's not very, it's discard is not great. It could use a little bit of a buff, but it's there, and you can you can see it also in other factions. Like I think that as we slowly see more reworks. The archetypes are there, like, and, and personally, from like, let's say, a Nilfgaardian point of view, like, we have we have one actual archetype that works, that's playable, that is strong, and that's tactics, and you know that's something I'm 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 really happy about, and I definitely hope to see more of those uh, reworks in, and and new additions in the future. Uh, but I would really like to hear uh, Villas stance on this. Because he plays competitively, and it's 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 different than just being okay. I move around. I have an archetype to play with. So, Vila, how, how do you see it? Homecoming, beta, 
from from your point of view, which was better? Which do you enjoy more? I think I think I yeah like I don't want to say that either is better or worse than the other. I think that's unfair. Like people said, it's it's a different yeah. game, but. You know, I I think I I liked beta because it had a lot of artifacts. Uh, no archetypes. artifacts. A lot of archetypes. Uh, <laughs> um, and you know, archetypes are something that I definitely like. Uh, I would like to see more in Homecoming, or I guess New Gwent as well. Uh, I mean, since the real only archetypes that I think we've had are for well for now we have Anna Anna. With either commandos or boost, we have Skellige with, like you said, uh, basically the old greatsword, self wound, heal, and then you know tactics, Nilfgaard. I think those are like, and then of course bounty syndicate, which got turned down. So I think these have been the only real archetypes that we've had thus far. And I definitely like to see more, but I also like, uh, you know, I I also like the um, approach they took with uh, new Gwent or Homecoming or whatever you want call it it's it's something different than new and yeah it's a breath of fresh air than just uh, i guess slamming points on completely all the time like it pretty much used to be in the, uh, in the old quint okay next question bj what next do you have question. for us so being 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 one said is artifact hate going to be prevalent in circle cross i assume like people are playing more summoning circle at the moment on the ladder but there's not that much artifact right now on the, on the ladder will that be the case in the tournament only only if the artifact hate also has a secondary ability or also or only if it can be played in an, in different situations like in the first invocation you can remove an artifact but you can do also other things with it uh Bebo, what do you think I mean, yeah, Yennefer, uh, maybe if we see Shoop, of course, there's always that, what, 60% chance. Um, it's, it's tricky because I feel like other than Summoning Circle, what, like, I mean, what, what big artifacts are out there right now? That, that feels like, like, there's Totem, and there, but Totem doesn't really matter if no. you destroy it, and it's like, uh, I can't think of any other huge artifacts that are a big problem. So it's like if you're bringing removal, it's mostly targeted just for circle. So it's kind of, I don't think people, I, I don't know. That's a tricky one. Yeah, like you said, you're gonna have to have the multi-purpose removals. Otherwise, you might just be left with a garbage card in your deck, right? It's classic choices. Uh, Heatwave removes artifacts as well, right? Heatwave, yeah, that's another one. Wait, does it? Heatwave, right? Yeah. Yeah, Heatwave can remove an artifact. So Right, okay. And Heatwave is pretty prevalent right now, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So perhaps that uh, if you have that card in the deck, it's very... Just like any other order card can uh, remove an artifact or like have the uh, other row ability. It's either that. It's either those cards or the Karate Heat. Yeah. Uh, Vila, do you have anything to add on the matter of artifact hate? Uh, 
No, I think it's actually pretty balanced right now. Of course, it's hard to say when people don't play that many artifacts, but I think it it's definitely better than what I was before. And yeah, I hope it stays the same or gets better as long as we don't go down the route of artifacts becoming too strong again. Yeah. You're fine. Yeah, because that's to no one's advantage. People absolutely hated the meta when artifacts were very prevalent. But hey guys, on to the I think we have time for like two more questions, right? So that we answer five in total. BJ, next question. What do you have for us? Next question <laughs> is also the last question that I caught okay. my eye. Easy. What is the best card in the game, Baby Joseph? <laughs> By Smelly Legend. <laughs> I mean Weisberg, you 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 know the answer, right? <laughs> the best card in the game. I don't think there is an answer to that. Like, we could talk Sh about maybe... Shoop. <laughs> it's, it's, it's probably one of the best cars. Um, but yeah, I think we could just change the question to maybe the best undervalued card, underappreciated card. Like a card that potentially generates a lot of value, gives you a lot of points, and is very flexible, but just it's just not played enough. Maybe we could just spin it like that. Like, what do you guys think is a card that's not widely played, but it's still really, really strong? Bebo, you go first, as always. You are the guest. Don't, don't go me first. Don't go me first. I'm thinking. Okay, so okay, so let's reverse the cycle. Villa, you go first. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, th I think the god thought I'm gonna pick is probably Becker's Dark Mirror. The card is really good, it can heal and boost and it can, you know, punish for playing greedy. You know, especially if your like opponent plays greedy. I think it's still a good card. Of course, it just doesn't really fit into any certain decks right now, so it's hard to fit in. But I think this card is still very good. Alright, yeah, that's that's a very interesting pick, man. I haven't seen that card in ages. But I see why why you picked it, BJ. Um, what card? It doesn't see much play, but it's still a good card. I mean, Trinet mentioned Summoning Circle, but Summoning Circle has always been played, but not yeah. as much. Maybe maybe that can count as one of the cards. Uh, I don't have Gwent open right now. Let me think about it as well. It's a hard question. Okay, I'm yeah. going to go with my pick. And you guys know I have to pick a new Guardian card, obviously. And if you are familiar with my adventures, you know what I'm going to say. My boy, Tony Shelmar. <laughs> I absolutely love this card. I like, and before people say, this guy is absolutely out of his mind. Think about this. Everyone is playing the create tactic package. So you already have double uh, diplomacy, you have bribery, some people play uh, Remedy, some people play Ardo, some people play Swears, and Shomar synergizes with all of it. It's only eight provisions. You need two cards to break even on the provision cost. And if you were watching me yesterday, you were playing against monsters. You, you create Neckers. And they count for four points each. So you have two Neckers, eight points on, on Shomar. 
So Shomar is a lot of value in, 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 in the longer round where you can actually create something. And then if you're playing against Novgaard, a guaranteed 11. Unless your opponent is not playing anything that's tall enough. Which is unlikely because Hyperthene is very popular. Like last season, it basically basically carried me to the DJ territory, which was like rank 3, the DJ territory. The card just carried me there. Because there was a lot of Nilfgaard just trying to counter uh, Fall Test and DJ. And since I was playing the, the tactic package, just create some stuff, play Shomar to either, you know, surprise take round 1 with a huge card on the end, or just a great finisher. For 8 provisions, I think the card is really good. Like, if one thing that I would like like uh, Shomar to synergize with is neutrals, because if you if you if you let's say season neutral, then you're not gonna get a, a a tick on Shomar, and you cannot damage to neutrals either. So that's kind of that's kind of bad. I think that should be changed. But other than that, like I really like this card. For eight provisions, mm. four points, just to create or see one sees one create to get eight points and break even. Against Nilfgaard, guaranteed 11. Mm -hmm, yeah. yeah, in the mirror match, it's, it's devastating, right? In the match. And nobody expects it. Like, it's an amazing feeling. You play against Nilfgaard, and then he's like, okay, I'm going to play this card. And then you just smash it with Shomar. And you can see highlight. You can see them highlighting this card, because they have never seen it before. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Shomar. Yeah, and I think also a card that we should match, uh, Danline Poet. Um, he got buffed in the last patch, in the recent patch, and... Um, provisions, right? He was 14? Yeah, 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 it was 14, so he was really expansive, mm -hmm. but now he's 12. It can potentially draw you really, really potentially uh, can uh, help you a lot if you want to play tempo. Um, but I've seen people play Deadline Poet, I've been playing it myself as well with Naglafire, for example. So if you play Naglafire first, you always get a gold card on top of the of, of your and then you play Deadline Poet and you draw the gold which you which you can play. The downside of that is if you play for example Summoning Circle, which I did, it sometimes shows you um for example uh, Spirit Tip and it shows you Summoning Circle. So you play uh, some, uh Spirit Tip from your Naglafire. And then you play Dan Line Poet on the Summoning Circle if you don't have any other choice. So that, that's really awkward in those kind of situations. But most of the time, it's a lot of tempo. It's, yeah, it gives you, in Monsters, it gives you a gold card always. Yeah. Ebo, you can't escape the question anymore. <laughs> Shit. Ah, <laughs> uh, my gosh. If, well, if. Okay. I have to say can be, right? I have to. Uh, I mean, is this like something we actually think is good or like our favorite card? What are we going for here? Uh, favorite that can be good, potentially. All right. I got to say can be for that. I mean, but I can see can be being actually good if played right, especially with Hyperthin and, and, and Francesca and all of mm -hmm. these big combo cards out there can be can actually throw away a really good card of course it's also really easy to play around so it's it's hard for me to yeah but nobody expects it that. that's true nobody does expect the can be the can be attack um i i want to throw one more in and that would be hemdal though i do think hemdal is actually very powerful i just want to and that's that's with summoning circle summoning circle playing a great sword and then playing hemdal 
combos like that can be insane. I, I do think this this card is very powerful. All right. Thank you for yeah. the yeah. answers, guys. I think that just like that, we arrived at the end of the podcast. So yeah, first and foremost, I would like to thank Bebo for being here with us today. Like it's it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you, Bebo. Thanks for having I always, me. I always always enjoy your content and to be the first guest on our podcast. That's an honor. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and yeah, guys, if you are still watching, please remember to follow us on Twitter at Novigrad Podcast. Uh, if you have any questions, you can also tweet it to tweet to us or send me or BJ or Vila a personal message. Um, the video is going to be on YouTube in a couple of hours, so make sure to type exclamation mark YouTube and follow us there. And yeah, the next episode is going to be in two weeks. We don't have a guest yet, but we'll do our, our best to get somebody at least as interesting as Bebo, which is going to be really hard. <laughs> because this guy is an absolute champ uh, so yeah guys once again thanks for watching thanks for being here I really really appreciate it uh, this was the first episode of Merchants on Novigrad a bi-weekly podcast where we discuss everything went guys thanks for being here thanks for uh, your insights and your experiences really appreciate it and yeah once again thanks for watching guys I will see well, we will see you next time see you guys